This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast is titled Persecuted. What drives persecution? That's the first thing I want to look at. And who will be persecuted? As I started to research this topic, I was amazed at the number of verses, especially spoken of by Jesus, and the number of cases of persecution that's, that's in the Bible and that is in history right up to today. Persecutors have various reasons, and some of them have no logical reasons. It's something that they've been taught since they were children or in school or uh, by their religious leaders, and they want to persecute Christians. It seems complicated, but it really isn't. Strong, dedicated believers get the brunt of persecution. But as a society crumbles, whatever society that is, as it crumbles, persecution will reach even the least of us. Satan wants to stamp out the work of Jesus Christ. He desires to make a mockery of Christians and magnify those who have proclaimed to be a Christian, put their hope in Christ, and then backslide. You see, Satan is always wanting to make God look bad, and Jesus also to look bad. Who will be persecuted? All who are true believers in Jesus Christ. Jesus talks about this again and again throughout the Gospels. So the whole message of this podcast would end with these thoughts. It is imperative that we know God personally, that intimate relationship that we know His ways and know His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit manifests Himself, how the Holy Spirit works, so we can stand in this fray of persecution. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5, it says this, and it's Paul talking here. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Oh my goodness, what a list! And we see much of that happening right here in our own country, in the countries around us. In the Western free world, we see this really happening, especially during and after COVID. This was written some 2,000 years ago, and it's talking about our time, and I believe it's even going to get worse. You might say, this has been going on for centuries, and I'd have to say, you're right. But we are facing an outpouring of evil, and the time of Christ's return is getting closer. With many Bible prophecies completed, we know the time is getting closer, but the main prophecy is that Israel is now a country. There's been some tragic things happen in the past, for example, during World War II and all the execution of the Jews. So Hitler was a type of the Antichrist, but not the Antichrist because Israel was not yet a country. 
Now we see Israel prospering, and we see many people who are rising up against her. So keep your eyes on that for the end times. But let's turn back to persecution. There are two powers with authority in this world. It's the kingdom of God and the subordinate dominion of Satan. We are all born under the dominion of Satan. But we have to be born again, born of the Spirit of God through the provision of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Only then can we know and see and experience the kingdom of God. Listen to Colossians 1.13-14. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So God, through Jesus, has delivered us out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of God. 1 John 3.10 This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love his brother and sister. Strong words there. And it's very important that we listen to that. God wants us. Sure, you know, when we sin, we have a place to go. We confess that sin and get out of it and and get forgiveness and stop doing it. But if we continue in that sin, we know that we've not been born of God or we have backslidden to a point where we need some real repentance. And we are to love our brother and sister as ourselves. We're to love other people because they're made in God's creation. And yes, there's evil people in the world, and we don't have to help them. We don't have to uh, be around them. We don't have to encourage them. We can keep our distance from them. That's what Paul was just saying earlier. All these people, we're not to associate with them, but we can love them by praying for them. And if we have a chance, we can witness to them about the grace of God and how God saved us. Or how about the way Jesus addresses the Jews who are trying to prove that they belong to God, that they're God's children, but at the same time, they are secretly trying to kill Jesus because he's exposing their sin. Let's go to John chapter 8, verses 42 through 44. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies." Jesus had a lot to say about the Pharisees. He would expose them and call them hypocrites and tell them of their future unless they repented. Again, we have to be born again. We have to uh, get out of that dominion because we were born under the dominion of Satan. Adam and Eve believed the lies of Satan and legally somehow legally, spiritually, handed over 
the dominion that God gave human beings, we handed over that dominion to Satan, and now he is the God of this world. To provide proof, all you have to do is look around. I mean, look back at history. Only focus on the last couple of hundred years. We have wars and more wars, rumors of wars, constant wars all over the earth. We have hatred and lies, murder, robbery, rape, destruction, rebellion. The list just goes on, as I mentioned before. Folks, I look around in the world today, and there are very few places where there is true freedom, freedom for the gospel, freedom for men and women to speak what they believe. And these places, there are a few left out there. They're getting smaller and smaller, and I don't believe they're going to last long. It's just like our country right now. We used to have complete freedom, and so did the gospel of Jesus Christ. But now it's being censured here and there. It's being pushed away. We in the West have enjoyed some freedom as the gospel was free. That's very important to understand. If the gospel is free to preach, there's going to be freedom in that country. But as the gospel is suppressed by evil rulers, persecution will and has risen its ugly head. Okay, next, let's look at see what Jesus says in John 15, verses 18 through 25. There is a lot to unpack in these verses, so I'll read them, and then we'll try and unpack it one by one. But follow me as closely as you can. If the world hates you, this is Jesus speaking, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what was written in their law. They hated me without reason. So let's unpack that first point. We do not belong to the world. We're different. We have been born again. There's a change that's happened to us. Our spirit, through Jesus' death and resurrection, has been made new, and we have come into this intimate relationship with God. We have revelation that Jesus Christ is Savior of the world, and we're saved. The second point, they hate us because of Jesus, the person and the character And the gospel of Jesus Christ is in us, and it comes out of us. We are to witness. We are to act like Jesus. We are to speak Jesus' words. All those who do not belong to God, they can't understand this. They think we're fools, that we're blind. They do not have the spiritual revelation, and they are blind to the truth. 
It's a desperate place. I remember being there. And God is reaching out to unsaved people through you and me, through the Jesus in us. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The person without the Holy Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. You see, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, and so do they. And until they see the Holy or have the Holy Spirit and the gospel of Jesus inside of them, then they will not be able to understand what is happening to us and what we are saying. So we pray, we pray for people that God will open their eyes and that we can speak to them the gospel of Jesus. The third point, the people of this world are guilty, guilty of not believing Jesus because of who he is and what he does, and not what he did, but what he does. Jesus is God in the flesh. He has brought healing, demonic deliverance. He's brought salvation through his death, burial, and resurrection. He demonstrates openly that he is God, and everything he did on earth, he continues to do to this very day through us. Yet people have rejected him, and therefore they hate him. You know, Jesus said, if we love him, we will obey him. So the people who hate him reject him and rebel against him. These are not my words. That's that's God's words. The fourth point, if people hate Jesus and us because Jesus lives in us, they hate the Father the Creator God. It's almost unbelievable, but this is the truth, and this is the way God sees it. Israel's an excellent example of persecution, not only in history, but even in our current day. Country after country, people group, religious sects have dedicated their doctrine to end Israel and the Jewish people's existence, And of course, Christians are right on the back side of that, if not on the front side. Why? Because the Jewish people and the Christians are a witness for God all over the earth. No matter where you are, no matter what country you are, there is going to be Christians. And these Christians convict those who are unsaved of their unsaved status. There are groups of people that think Christians are evil, they're intolerant, and they are the main trouble for the world. And that's where persecution comes from. Guess where all that uh, evil and intolerant lies are coming from? It's coming from Satan and his forces wanting to uh, disrespect God and to make God look bad in this world. Christians are specifically targeted in so many countries like, let me think, Iran, India, Pakistan, North Korea, Saudi Arabia, China, Russia, and the list goes on. Take a look at Japan's history. I lived in Japan for six years. And if you look back in their history, I think it's about 400 years ago, their emperors launched a persecution against Christians. Christians. 
And they started at the very top of the islands, and they worked themselves down, killing thousands and thousands of Christians over decades. And they pushed all the Christians right down to the very south side of Japan, and eventually the persecution stopped, and there are some Christians left there. And of course, today, after World War II, there's um, many Christian missionaries that has gone over to reach out to the Japanese people. But even Christians have killed Christians in persecution. There was Catholics for many years that killed the Protestants. Listen, the persecutors just want one thing from a Christian, to deny Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's a very important point that we need to take a a very quick mental note here. The persecutors want one thing for us to deny Jesus Christ. Our confession of Christ is vital. Jesus makes this clear, that we are to love God more than our very life. Luke 12, 8 and 9, Jesus is speaking, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God strong language. Our confession of Jesus is incredibly important. Jesus is telling us it is required as we live in this hostile world that we are to confess Christ and live for him in such a way that our life exhibits the presence of God. Things have changed here in the United States and most of the free world And it's really just at the beginning of COVID and through COVID, there's been like a shift. It is important to know God. He's telling us, preparing us for the day of his return. If you have never experienced persecution, prepare yourself by growing your relationship, that intimate relationship with the Father. Know him. Know his word. He has set high value on what he says, what he promises he will do. Know how the Holy Spirit manifests so that we can understand who he is, how he works, and we can stand in this persecution. Whether you have experienced it or not, I encourage you to be ready. Persecution can come from all kinds of sources. It can come from government like federal and state or local governments. It can come from your neighborhood. I've even seen that in my own neighborhood. It can come from family members, your parents, uh, spouses, children. Listen to the words of Jesus from Mark 13, 12 and 13. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his children. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Again, intense words, but we see this already. I've heard several testimonies of this very thing. Someone comes, becomes a Christian, and begins to tell people that they're Christians, and their family rejects them. Okay, we are coming to the end, but the last point I want to make about persecution It comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. These are verses from a parable called the parable of the sower. 
The word of God goes out to many people, but people act differently or they react differently. And in these verses, we see that persecution is a type of test for us. Will will we stand even under persecution? So here we go. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, the word for, because of the word, they quickly fall away. God is bigger than all of the troubles, all of the per- persecution that we can go through. Some people are per- persecuted to death. And so we have to have this mindset that God is in charge. We need to know him, need to be intimate with him. We need to know his word so that we can walk by faith in the promises of God. And when or if persecution comes, then we will be ready for it, even to the point of giving our life for our confession of Jesus Christ. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.